It's the final week of the liturgical year. For the past 90 years, this last Sunday is celebrated as, the official name is, the Solemnity of Christ, King of the Universe. We have a different set of readings each of the three years that we celebrate this, but I think that most of us think of this set of readings for the Feast of Christ the King rather than the readings of the other two years. Christ is our King. Today's readings offer us two lenses through which to view Christ's kingship. The first lens is the kingship of power and judgment. But I think that the second lens must be given priority as we contemplate these readings. The kingship of mercy and love. The Paulist Seminary is a huge, sprawling building in Washington, D.C., The Washington Paulists frequently host guests who are visiting the area for religious purposes. One night in the fall of 2007, one of these guests came into the novice's common room and asked to join the novices watching TV. The show was a favorite of theirs, Deadwood, a drama about the rough-and-tumble life of a town in the Dakota Territory in the 1870s. I have only seen a few minutes of this show. But I can tell you that although it is critically praised, it is profanity-laden and not my cup of tea. Now, don't judge those two novices who are watching the show. Neither of them became Paulist, but they both serve the church today full-time. One of them, when he got married, the Cardinal of Toronto was the presider. And uh, the other one is a priest in Atlanta. The guest politely watched the show with them to the end. And then he thanked them for helping him to get another insight into his diocese. You see, the novices had not realized that their guest was Blaise Supich, who at the time was the bishop of Rapid City, South Dakota. (laughs) I've had a lot of interactions with bishops living at St. Paul's College. I've given um, the bishop of of Phoenix... um, I've talked with him about Willa Cather, the one in Tucson. I've lent him shampoo... I've had these little interactions. I'm sure they don't remember me, but that's my big... I wasn't in the room. I have talked to Blaise Supich about driving from parish to parish in western South Dakota. Bishop Supich has been in the news a lot in the past two months. Pope Francis appointed him to be the new Archbishop of Chicago. This is by far the most important appointment that Pope Francis has made in the United States so far. The last two archbishops of Chicago were two of the most influential bishops in the American church, Cardinals Francis George and Joseph Bernadine. Until the appointment was announced, Supich was not well known. Even today, he has yet to meet Pope Francis or to talk with him. In his installation homily six days ago, Supich declared that the Archdiocese of Chicago must do what it can to stay connected to Quote, the real lives of people. That probably surprised some of those people who think that bishops are primarily teachers or administrators. But bishops are pastors. In the second week of his pontificate, Pope Francis famously said that all pastors must be shepherds living with the smell of the sheep. On Monday, Bishop Supich outlined his three priorities that touch the people of Chicago. Immigration reform, dealing with street violence, and addressing drug problems. Whoa! In the United States, those sound like three politically charged topics. But think about it. 
The people touched by these issues are those whom our gospel passage defines as the least. People addicted to drugs, people caught in the middle of gang violence, and people newly arrived in this country are likely to struggle with obtaining adequate food, clothing, shelter, health care, and legal representation. They may struggle with all of these needs simultaneously. Or as Bishop Supich put it so powerfully on Monday, and I quote, the work of comprehensive immigration reform is not important because it is on my agenda, but because it is on God's. Our gospel makes it absolutely clear. All of us must care for the least among us on such a frequent basis that we should lose the ability to recall all the people we've touched. It is a dangerous thing for us to claim that the least in our society get what they deserve. It's dangerous to claim that drug addicts lack willpower to get clean. It's dangerous to claim that people in violent neighborhoods are too lazy to get good-paying jobs. It's dangerous to claim that desperate people have no right to escape poverty, illiteracy, and violence until they acquire sufficient finances, English proficiency, and security to move here. It's painful, but let's take a moment to reflect on how much we have cared for those people who are not our family members or close friends. When did I last welcome a stranger? When did I last feed a hungry person? When did I last tend to someone who was sick? When did I last, if ever, visit a prison? How frequently should I be caring for these people? When we ask ourselves why we don't carry out the corporal works of mercy, it's easy to find excuses. Most of us are busy. We're scared to visit jails. We don't see destitute people on a regular basis. But at the last judgment, I doubt the Son of Man is going to give me a pass because I show him my old to-do lists, tell him about my fears, or give him my zip code. As we conclude our liturgical year and Jesus' final teaching discourse this week, perhaps it is best to return to the beginning of his first discourse in Matthew. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. May we never stop thirsting for righteousness until all people are satisfied.